Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Hey guys, welcome to uh, Starcastic Remarks. Uh, along with Christian Chambers, I'm Brian, and uh, we are here. I'm on the road outside in a parking lot in my car because, uh, you know, work. Work happens. And uh, we're going to have a conversation with uh, a, I guess I can call you a super fan, right? Can I call you a super Go fan? Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, super fan Dallas Stars who happens to live in... Uh, Two hours outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. Is that what you said? Yep. 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 Uh, and we're having a conversation with Josh Sanders. Hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing tonight? Appreciate you guys for having me on. And we're glad that you uh, joined us. Uh, so for those of you that don't know Josh or, you know, his significance as to why uh, he's on here, um, for those of you that listen to this podcast and are also on the, uh, I want to say Corey Perry, but it's not Corey Perry anymore. Uh, the, the Jason Robertson fan club and hockey talk uh, group on Facebook. Uh, Josh is one of the admins and he is constantly posting in that group. Uh, lots of good stuff and specifically recently we're, we're, and the reason why we're having him on is uh, he said it's actually his favorite time of year. We're going to talk some draft stuff uh, this after, well I almost said afternoon, but it's evening. It's evening, whatever. It's full on nighttime out yeah. here. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. It's, it's 9 <laughs> o'clock out there, isn't it, for you? Yep. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to do a uh, quick playoff update. Uh, and, uh, Chris, I told you so about New York Islanders. I'm going to shove it in your face because go New York Islanders. Bro, did you see the shots on goal for that game? I know, I know. And they got to to- they got at totally outplayed. It was not even close. And freaking Verlamov uh, stole the game. So, all right. Well, Hockey is so yeah, dumb. <laughs> we, are, we already got into it, so let's just go ahead and get started. All right, just quick playoff update. Um what the heck is going on with Montreal? Uh, uh, I think the Jets suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all of Canada still sucks. How, 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 okay, they played eight playoff games. Like, how many times has that happened ever? Where yeah. you only play eight playoff games? That's, that's such a just such a strange number. That's crazy. Sweep and get swept. I want to know how many times that's happened. Well, we need James on here. Yeah. Well, well, that that happened like what twice in the 2019 playoffs? I don't know. I I tell you this right now. It doesn't matter who they play in the next round. I don't see Canada moving on. I think they. Oh, yeah. I think they get. I at worst five gamed by Colorado or Vegas. Oh, uh, see, that's exactly why I'm going against uh, the going against the flow and saying that Montreal is going to win, uh, whoever it is, uh, because it's going to be either uh, Vegas or Colorado that they play. And honestly, I really think that it's going to be uh, Vegas based off of Game Five. But that's what I'm, I'm going Montreal all the way. I don't care. I, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. But that's who's going to win. See, well. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, oh, sorry. Well, I've, I've already been proven wrong about Carey Price, so I, I don't, I can't say anything anymore. So sure, sure, why not? I don't care what he does in the playoffs. <laughs> he's still a declining goalie. That I mean, I'm. If somebody offered to him to me in a trade right now, I'm not taking his ten million dollar contract. I don't care. I don't care how well he does in the playoffs. He can be playoff Carey Price as much as he wants to. Jake Ottinger statistically had a better season this year than Carey Price. That's true. That's what I was saying, and I said that after their first series, and then they sweep the next team, yep. and I look like an idiot. <laughs> well, I don't know. To your credit, Chris, it 
Carey Price was not as big a factor in the second round as he was in the first round. The only reason why they won against the Leafs is because, one, because the Leafs are freaking cursed and they suck. Uh, but it w- he was a factor in that series. And then the, the scary part about that, that second-round series and why I don't think you can count Montreal out is because they won in different ways. They didn't rely on Carey Price for everything. And so that's why I'm not really going to go against him. I mean, I don't think Montreal is going to sweep again. Uh, that, that's not going to happen. But I can see them winning the series in six or seven. Yeah. They're a hot team, and they're the best. They're, they're the hottest team right now, right? From what I'm saying. My, I think the reason that I'm don't get me wrong is I would love Montreal to win for no other reason than Corey Perry. But I think that the the, the reason I'm kind of going against them is just I think that whoever they play in Vegas or Colorado, they're going to have to rely on Carey Price. And if Carey Price turns into regular season Carey Price, I think it's a quick series. They're screwed. If he turns into the Carey Price, if he's the Carey Price that won them the series against Toronto. I agree with you. I think they could win in six or seven games. It's just going to be dependent on which goalie shows up. Yeah, the the other team in the conference final series would just be on paper so much right. better than the Canadians. It, it would be in, it would be a crazy right. upset. All right, so Whereas the Jets aren't really. The Jets still suck. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think if you're the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know. It's like a freaking bipolar team. Uh, I mean, you you sweep the Edmonton Oilers, which, I mean, the Oilers are not a, I mean, they're a playoff contender, but they're not a, I wouldn't say they're a a cup contender, but they still had a, they still had a decent team and you never count out Connor McDavid. I I mean, that's like saying you, that's like saying you should count out Sidney Crosby. I mean, although, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, you know, Sidney Crosby has lost out in the first round. What is it? Three road, three Three years in a row in the first round? Something like that, yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's been a while, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But the thing is, but with, it, with Edmonton, I mean, you've got two players. You've got Dreisaitl, you've got McDavid, and Clefbaum's your best defenseman. He's out. So, I mean, I just they, – they've got to get some more talent around McDavid. He's going to – I'm not going to say he's going to waste away in Edmonton or anything like that, but they're not, they're not a cup-contending team with just those two players. Like, they need to get him some help. I, I just crazy. How are you not a exactly. team with, t- t- with the two best forwards exactly. of the decade? Well, and, and we talked about this last time, Chris, with just the amount of, you know, high draft picks, and not just high draft picks, but number one overall draft picks that the Oilers have gotten. Uh, I mean... Well, uh, but that's not the issue. The issue is the guys around them just need to be mediocre, yeah. and they would be a cup contender, but they're not. They're terrible. They need to have a team of third-liners. They have McDavid and Dreisaitl and yeah. a team of, like, <laughs> AHL players, essentially. I mean... Yeah. Fill it right. up with Coglianos <laughs> and right. win every, every game. <laughs> uh. All right, so... All right, so let, let's just say... Let's just say this. Um, okay, so game six between Vegas and, and Colorado is tonight. Uh, Vegas came back in a very convincing manner. I know they, it, it never felt like they were out of that game in Game Five, when and especially when uh, Colorado went up two nothing. But after that second goal happened, I thought that they would, you know, go flat like the uh, Leafs did. But they fought back and won Game Six in overtime, and it didn't take long in overtime either. So, who? Let's just say who wins the series uh, between Vegas and Colorado. Who do y'all think? I'll let you go first on this one, Chris. Uh, man. Well, first I think it's going to seven. And at that point, it's kind of a toss-up. 
I think it's going to be literally overtime in Game 7. But I think it's going to be the Avalanche. I think they're going to squeak it squeak it by. See, I'll, I'll take the opposite corner. I, I agree with you. I think it goes 7. Um, I like Colorado tonight. I just... The, the, the Marc-Andre Fleury factor in Game 7 is what pushes Vegas over the, over the top for me. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a close game, uh, but it just, he's been here. He's been here before. He's done it before. I just think that it's going to come down to Fleury versus Grubauer, and I give Fleury the edge. Well, I, I'm going to go with Vegas, and the, I think the, the main reason why I'm thinking Vegas right at this point is, one, because they won Game 5 and how they did it, but they've made Colorado, you know, look feeble at times especially in game three and game four and they won both of those games at home and i mean i've never been to vegas but i hope to go to vegas one time and just be a part of that crowd because that crowd is absolutely raucous i mean i would put them as one of the best fan bases probably number two directly behind the new york islanders at this point i think that the the fans in vegas will be the determining factor uh for game six and why vegas wins tonight so I think it's going to be Vegas against uh, Montreal in the uh, semifinals. We've never had to say that before. That's so That's weird bizarre. to say. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be hard to choose between Vegas and Montreal. But for me, it kind of is. I'm kind of torn. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's going to be Flurry versus Price, which goalie shows up. Yeah, and even if Flurry doesn't show up, they could still win. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically whether or not Price shows up at this point. Yeah. (laughs) He has to literally play like one of the best series ever, which he can do. He's probably one of the better goalies that has played recently, but still. Oh, yeah. It it doesn't look like he's dominating. He's playing well, but he's not playing like Carey Price who got paid $10 million. (laughs) Right. 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 And then... If Vegas wins the series, it will be quick. So I would say four or five games. Maybe I would maybe even say they might sweep the Canadians. But if the Canadians win the series, it's going to take six or seven games. It's going to be a uh, bloodbath yeah. if, if Montreal wins the yeah. series. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, I mean, can you? And I've seen a lot of comparisons, especially on Twitter, to the uh, 1993 Montreal Canadiens to this year's Canadiens. And uh, a lot of people in Canada are getting very excited. And, uh, well, that's just Canada. Yeah. Well, and They're getting excited because they have a team that actually made it to the semifinals it, this that's year. True. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. And they were guaranteed so, a team to make it to the semis this year, yeah. too. So. Right. And they're still excited. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, I, and for those of you that don't understand the, the reference, 1993 was the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. So it's been, what, 25 years? Something uh, I'm, like that? I'm 26, and that's older than me, so it would have been 28 years. Yeah, so, and, uh, yeah, they haven't had, that's that, that seems bizarre to me that they haven't had uh, anybody win the Cup in 26 years. They have seven teams up there. I will say, seven though, teams. I'm not going to lie, it is honestly kind of funny at times to watch a Canadian team lose in the first round. And just to watch that entire country melt down. Maple Leafs, Maple Leafs fans are the perfect oh. description of that. When they blew oh, that, it was uh, so much fun. I think it was like a 4-1 lead to Boston in the third period. My gosh, this is back in the early 2010s, and uh, and they lost the series. Oh, my gosh. Reading the comments and watching that entire part of the country just implode, just the most entertaining thing I saw on social media for a long time. Right, so I, I had a buddy who literally stopped being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, it was crazy. Well, Obviously, you never I, want to see it get to the point where you know you got the Vancouver riots and everything like that. But uh, oh yeah, just, was that 2011? Uh yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. 
but uh, just watching watching team uh, watching fans just melt down just oh my gosh there's nothing like it well you know speaking of melting down uh yeah i mean we already mentioned it but toronto completely melted down <laughs> yeah um and i don't, I don't want to spend too much time on toronto because there's so many people have already done it already right. but that i mean i would not envy kyle dubas's job right now no because i mean what is he supposed to do he did he he literally it's almost like he listened to the media at last off season and he got any and all gritty guys slash you know veteran players to surround these guys with and they still lose and not to mention jack campbell comes out of nowhere he has a cap hit of 1.5 million which is exactly what you know toronto needs with the what 40 million dollars they've got tied up in four players something like that yeah and and they still lose they they still lose well, it shows how important goalies are, really, because yeah. you're going to spend that much money. They have probably the best ro- roster second only to the Lightning of skaters, but their goalie just isn't a top-quality goalie. Like, the Canadians are not, on paper, a great hockey team, but they have Carey Price, and for some reason he's deciding to play well, so they're in the semifinals. So, yeah. so right. it, it just shows how important goaltending is. And Well, like I, was talking to, uh, like I was talking to Ryan about before you hopped on, and you, just, you, know, you look at what the Stars did last year uh, on, the way to the, uh, on the way to the final in the, in the bubble. That wasn't because they were the second-best team in the NHL. That was because Anton Hudobin decided to get Stood just ungodly hot at the right time of the season. So, and I mean, you kind of saw it this year with the Stars. I mean, he came back down to normal. I'm not even going to say he had a bad season. He had an average season for a backup goaltender. But what you saw in him last year, I think a lot of Stars fans just wanted to see that again. And it's just like, I mean, you can't expect him to do that, you know, night in and night out. We're lucky we got it for, you know, a month and a half in the bubble. So, uh, you know, speaking of the Lightning, um, you know, I, I don't think any of it matters, honestly. The rest of the series, uh, just basing it off of watching the lightning play uh, i mean th- they look scary good uh, i don't think any team stands a chance against the lightning and the, if there's anybody that can that can stop the firepower and the pure will of the lightning it's the new york islanders who are yep. they're going to be facing in the semifinals so it, i mean d- does it honestly even matter who wins again between montreal or vegas or colorado because i think whoever Tampa Bay plays, they're screwed. <laughs> that, that, yeah. I'll give you a, I'll give you a hot take here. I think the Islanders beat them. Really? I think this is going to be. I mean, this is pure offense versus pure defense. I mean, you got the number one defense in the NHL versus the number one offense in the NHL. I think it's going to come down to, you know, it, whether or not whether or not uh, New York can get a couple pucks past Vasilevsky. Because if they can, I mean, they're they're going to be a team that can win these games, two one, three two kind of games. They can hold Tampa Bay's offense in check. It's just whether or not they can get pucks past Vasilevsky. And I think that, I mean, he, I got him pegged right now as the top goal in the NHL. I know that people are saying, you know, well, you know, Carey Price is playing out of his mind in the playoffs and everything. I still take Vasilevsky 10 times out of 10. Um, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting, interesting to see, but I'm going with a bit of a hot take. I'm going to take the Islanders in seven. No, yeah, that's no, why no I was going to say here. why they're not going to. That's why I don't think the Islanders are going to beat them because I don't think they're going to get a couple past Vasilevsky because yeah. yeah. that, that's what's so scary about the Lightning is because they can play both games. Right. Like, they don't play the defense great, but their goalie is good enough to make up for their average defense. Right. So <laughs> I think that they'll – I think they will be lowest scoring games, but I think Vasilevsky will take them through that series and and they'll be able to get through the defense. Their their lineup is, is stacked. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it'll be it'll be Vasilevsky versus the Islanders defense. This is what it's going to come down to essentially. You know, this is the one thing I 
that I'm not going to back the Islanders on. I think the Lightning are going to beat them. I, I think it is going to take six or seven games, but uh, I still think Tampa Bay wins. And I, yeah. I think it just I doesn't look like anybody's even putting up a fight against them. Yeah, it's, it's they're just sad games to watch. It's not even exciting. It's just they're getting rolled. The other team's getting rolled. Yeah, I was expecting a much better series out of Carolina than what we got, yeah. and I was very ups- I was I was very sad when they they took it to five and that was it. Yeah. So, well, and honestly, I mean, their their first two series both should have been better series than they were. Florida was a hot mm-hmm. team coming into the postseason, and Carolina, yeah. I mean, had an offense that wasn't Tampa Bay, but it was probably the closest thing you're going to find in the NHL to Tampa Bay, um, outside of you know Colorado. But you know, it's just both those series. Yeah, I mean. I definitely, I definitely understand why Tampa should win this series. And if I'm, a, if I'm a betting man, I'd probably put money on Tampa. But just, I don't know, something inside of me thinks that New York's gonna find a way to squeak this one out. You're on a podcast, and you're just gonna, you're just gonna do a hot take. Why not? Basically, yeah, exactly. Just trying to be remembered. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Nobody remembers the, t- the the person that picks Tampa because they're expected to win. <laughs> yeah. So. I think that pretty much does it for uh, for the playoffs. Is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about the playoffs? What's going on? A uh, quick little update on the current game going on between Colorado and Vegas. They are tied at one, looks like, at the latter stages of the first period. Oh, so. so. Two evenly matched teams, in my opinion. So. Yep. Uh, yeah. we'll, see how, we'll see how all this goes. Um, all right, so let's get to this, uh, this next part we wanted to ask you about, Josh. Sure. Um, so Chris and I both uh, talked about last episode about the expansion draft and specifically with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I'm not going to go over the, the rules and stuff like that again, but I, I think uh, it's safe to say that the Stars are going to go with the 7-3-1 format, right? Rather Correct. Than the if, they, if, if they don't, Nil should be fired. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, I think what I had, Chris and I were the exact same uh, other than we switched one player. And I protected Dickinson, he protected Foxa. And uh, we both made our, our cases about that and all that sort of stuff. But uh, what what's your take on all this Seattle expansion draft stuff? Who who do who do the stars protect, and then who do they more than likely lose? All right, so let's just let's we can all be on the same page about defense and goalies, right? Easy. Bishop has to be protected because of his no movement clause. Right. You've got Lindell, Kleinberg, Haskin on, on the defensive end. Just mm-hmm. all right. So we're, we're we're all in agreement there. If 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 we're not, that's. A whole different issue in discussion, but um, forward-wise, obviously you're going to have Sagan, Ben, and and Radulov just because of their contracts. Um, I think Pavelski's contract was signed in order for him to be exposed at the expansion draft. But the way he played this, uh, the last you know two seasons he was here, you got to protect him. I don't think him. you can do. I, yeah, I don't think you can do that anymore. You have to protect him. Um, you eat that seven million cap hit for another season. Um, so that's your fourth one right there. And then obviously Hintz and Gurionov are, are obvious choices for protection as well. So the way I'm looking at it now, right now, you've got Foxa, you've got Dickinson, uh, and then a handful of, you know, Cogliano, Como, uh, they're, they're, they're free agents. Um, Tanner Caro is the other one. Like, yeah, it, it comes down to Dickinson or Foxa. And I've got Dickinson right now, simply based on the fact that the stars can't protect Foxa at this point. If they protect Foxa, they only have one forward that meets the NHL's expansion requirements, um, and that being that being Tanner Caro. They need that second forward to meet that requirement. Um, so you either protect Foxa, and you have to then leave either Pavelski, uh, Pavelski, Gurionov, or Hints unprotected, 
or you just leave Fox unprotected. And I think of those four players, I, I just think that he's the clear choice there. So, and with who we currently have between Dickinson and Delandria, I think that we've got his role. His role is, is, is more easily replaceable on the team, in my opinion. So. So you don't think there's any chance that uh, Seattle takes Hudobin? Because there's a, there's a lot of a lot of media sites that are saying that they're going to take Hudobin, and I just don't see it. I don't either, honestly. I mean, if the expansion draft was last offseason, I, 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 he's, he's the clear choice. But considering just kind of how he regressed this year, I mean, there's a handful of other goalies that I would take ahead of him. I mean, you're going to have – you got a couple goalies in Columbus to pick from. You're going to have Jake Allen out of, uh, out of Montreal. Um, you're probably going to have Holtby available to you out of Vancouver. I mean, there's, there's just a handful of goalies that I would take ahead of, ahead of a 35-year-old Hudobin right now. Um, so I think, honestly, I think it's going to come down to whichever forward Dallas leaves unprotected, whether it be Foxa or Dickinson. Um, I just think that that's, 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 that's the route I'm going if I'm Seattle. Yeah. Maybe we're just too close to the situation, and that's why we think Hudobin's not as good, but I, I don't know. Right. I, I've seen so many places that are taking Hudobin, and I'm like, I'm thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> if they take him, I mean, it makes the stars – that's the perfect scenario for Dallas because, yeah. I mean, he, like, I was telling, like I was telling Ryan earlier, he has to be off the roster by the start of next season. Otherwise, yeah. you're running three goalies or Ottingers in the AHL. I mean, n- neither of those options are, yeah. are, are feasible <laughs> for Dallas. Um, so, I mean, Hudobin going to Seattle – just make it's the easiest it's the it's it makes dallas's life a whole lot easier than having to find a trade partner um because at that point you trade hudobin for whatever you can get uh, you just trade him to get off to, to, to get that roster to get him off your roster essentially so yeah my and i don't know if we could trade him without retaining something right from his contract too so right if you can get him taken to the expansion they're going to take the whole contract yep. so that's what you're hoping for yeah that's that's definitely a perfect scenario for dallas i just uh, I'm, I'm skeptical about whether or not it'll actually happen. Yeah. Well, and we, I mean, it really would be perfect world scenario. Uh, we were, we were talking about Saad Yusef's article on the athletic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if, if he does, if they do take the contract there, not only are they, you know, getting a goaltender that's probably not in the greatest shape as he was in the bubble playoffs, but they will also be doing the stars a huge favor because right. I mean, perfect world scenario. We we talked about all the numbers. The stars could have up to eight million dollars in cap space, uh, you know, with all the players they want signed and all that sort of stuff. Right. So um, then that's perfect world scenario. But I mean, even worst case scenario, we could have four or five million dollars uh, in cap space. So uh, I as mean, as long as Hudobin's off, as long as right. Hudobin's off, yeah. If Hudobin's not off, then we're gonna have to beg somebody to take him. So, yeah, and at know. that point, I mean, if, if 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 a team's willing to take him, but the stars have to eat half his contract, then unfortunately, the stars have to eat half his contract. Because yeah. I mean, like I said, you the, the stars are going to have like no leverage in uh, in Hudobin negotiations if uh, if yeah. he's not picked in the in the expansion draft. Yeah. So, but the the good thing about that is if he's not picked in the expansion draft, there are a handful of teams that will need an NHL caliber backup goalie. I mean, Toronto's going to pro- is probably not resigning uh, Freddie Anderson. Uh, just because happy, they, yeah. don't, they don't have the money to do so. Um, who's it, who's it, Vancouver is losing probably Holtby. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to protect Demko, um, so they'll need another. They'll they'll need a backup goalie. Uh, I mean, New Jersey is going to run with Mackenzie Blackwood, but after him, they're pretty thin. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, just look, I'm just looking at teams that, you know, aside from New Jersey, but that could potentially be in the market for a goalie and that may be, you know, halfway competitive because if the NHL showing you anything over the last couple of years is that you, you need two competent goalies to, to run a season. Yeah, it's expensive backup. Though. He is. He definitely is. But uh, it, it, like I said, at that point, you retain half and just wipe your hands and thank, thank yeah. God that somebody was able to take them off your hands for you. So. All right. Well, I, I, we'll see what happens. And uh, Seattle expansion draft is on July 21st, and the protected lists have to be submitted on July 17th. Yeah. So uh, we'll ha- we'll see what the stars do. We'll see where it goes. It's gonna be interesting to see um, if, the, uh, if the stars are able to sign a forward by that uh, by that expansion list. Because if they are, that opens up Foxa to be protected. So, right. Yeah. But I think that that's the best option because. As far as faceoff guys go, we're running out. <laughs> true, 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 true. Very true. Well, and right, now I can move. Sorry on, about right. that. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. No, that's good. It's all good. Um, all right, so let's really quickly talk um, stars draft stuff. All right. Um, before we get into the uh, into this year's draft, which uh, we've called a crapshoot, Josh. Very I mean, much this so. This is just a to, so, uh, so much of a crapshoot year, just based off of. Uh, I mean, the OHL didn't even play this yep. year. Uh, I mean, a lot of their teams in some of the other leagues that didn't even play, like in the QMJHL up in Canada. I mean, I don't even know what happened in Europe and those junior leagues over mm-hmm. there. Um, so before before we ask about all, uh, about the uh, Stars' possibility and who they should look at, um, what is your take on the Stars drafting? Because some people have said that, you know, the Stars are doing okay. And some people have said that they're they're not doing great at all. And then there's others that have said that they're doing above average. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you could say that the Stars are excellent at drafting. Right. I, I'm, I don't believe that. But what's your feeling on that and, uh, and why? Uh, so I, I think the stars get a bad rap when it comes to drafting, honestly. Um, I think that their fan base is, or most of the star, most stars fans are just, they, 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 they think that Neil sucks at drafting and everything. And while I agree, he's not you know, like, you, I mean, you, you nailed it spot on. He, we're not excellent at drafting. He is not the, the, you know, the best drafting GM in the NHL. I think they're average. I mean, I think that, you know, everybody points to, you know, the, the, you know, what we've done with, you know, Jack Campbell's and Scott Glennie's who weren't even his picks to begin with, but, uh, you know, you look at some of the guys, you know, Brett Ritchie and, and everything like that. Nachushkin also comes up. Honka. Um, yeah, there are definitely some misses. I think the biggest miss, and if anybody, you know, has seen the stuff I post on Facebook, everybody's going to know who my biggest miss is, and that's Riley Tufty. Um, yeah. I just look at I mean, I was screaming from my roof for Alex DeBrincat, and uh, it didn't quite happen. But if you look at, I mean, you look at what he did in, you know, 2017, and, you know, with, hey, I mean, Haskinen fell into his lap, so it's, it's really hard to kind of commend him on that one when you, you, know, you get gifted a number three pick. But Jake Ottinger, Jason Robinson, both in that same draft. Um, heck, you even look back, I mean, you look at the Tufty draft. You got Rhett Gardner, you got Nick Kamano. Both are, you know, bottom bottom six caliber players. Uh, before that, you had Gurionov and Hintz. Like, there are some, some solid draft picks in here that people are overlooking. People are looking at the misses as opposed to where he hit. It's a, it's a bit too early to kind of to it's, I still think it's too early to look at uh, 2018, 2019, 2020. But you look at some of the players in that. Damiani had a phenomenal year down in the AHL this year. Um, I think Delandria is on the cusp of of, of making a 
legitimate NHL contribution. Um, obviously, you got Harley and Bork that, that should be along sooner rather than later as well. I mean, I think that Nil's done a, a decent job drafting. Um, I think that, like I said, people are looking at people are looking at his early drafts and you know the Honkas and the Tufties and stuff like that, and they're they're failing to recognize that over the last you know four or five years he's actually done significantly better. Um, he's he's done a lot better for uh, for the organization than he did in those first couple of years. So I mean, give credit where it's due. He's 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 done well. I think that. Uh, Right now, I think his goal should be just restocking our pipeline at this point. We've got we've got a good core of young players. We just need to have players behind them that can come up and fill those roster spots when guys like Ben, Sagan, Radulov, are, uh, their, their contracts fall off the books. Yeah, that was my exact – that's my exact feeling for how Nils has been drafting as well. His, his, first, his first couple seasons were pretty bad. And I mm-hmm. feel like another big reason of why you see those is because of how obvious they are. <laughs> like right. the Nichushkin one and the not getting to brink it is really like right. kind of in your face right so those are pretty pretty huge misses but especially as of recently he's had a lot of good hits so yeah i definitely agree with that pretty much through and through yeah i mean just, like i said i mean i i still don't think nachushkin's an awful pick I, I i i'm not a fan of him in the first round i i think in the first round obviously you want to see more out of him but i mean he's statistically he's consistently one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL year in and year out at this point. Uh, my big thing is, I mean, you look at people saying, oh, you should have drafted this guy, you should have drafted that guy, when, you know, back during that draft year, nobody knew that, you know, David Posternock was going to turn into what he is today. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I joke around a lot about Alex DeBrincat just because, you know, I thought it was, you know, clearly obvious and everything like that. But, you know, I'm just one person. You know, most of the NHL world didn't agree with me during that point in time. And it's just that's just the way it goes. So I'm sure that there, I'm sure that, you know, I've got a few guys that I would love for Nil to draft this year. There's a very good chance he won't. And there's a very good chance I rip him for it just because I'm selfish <laughs> and I want him to take my guys. But, you know, outside of that, you know, it's 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 all a wait and see kind of game. So. I mean, you look at guys, in the, I mean, Ben and Klingberg were both fifth-round picks. I mean, nobody's predicting that. So, I think that and this year's, this year's going to be huge for it. It's going to be about finding those diamonds in the later rounds. Well, and if there's any year that you can get a, a diamond in the rough, you yep. know, sixth, seventh round, this is the year. Exactly. Because, uh, I mean, there's just not much going on when it comes to scouting reports and stuff like that. Right. Okay. Um, so... I don't know how much uh, you've got on the later rounds, but I know that you've got a lot of uh, good possibilities for the Stars for the first round, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Stars have the 14th overall pick. Um, do they just take the best player that's available? Well, I mean, as, as much as we can say the best player available, because we don't really know. Or uh, do the Stars go out and pick somebody specific? And And if you have any specific players in mind... Who should the Stars look at taking? Well, I'll tell you right now, um, if you're looking at, if people say that they've got, you know, four and five and six rounds of, you know, research done, just discredit them. I mean, once you get past the first, and I'll, I'll give you most of the second round, it's a crapshoot after that. Everything after that is all just, I mean, most NHL teams probably don't watch films on the guys that you find in the fifth round. Um, but in terms of the Stars draft at 14 overall, there are, there are a handful of, uh, of choices that, that Dallas could take that would be that would that, that would benefit them. Um, I think that right now their top three their top three needs as an organization. This isn't necessarily just their NHL needs, but organizational needs. They need that that two hundred foot two way center. They need they need 
Foxa from three years ago, but he can actually score in the other end of the uh, on the other end of the ice as well. Um, they need they need a top four caliber def- uh, right defense right shot defenseman in their in their uh, in their organization. Right now, you take Klingberg off the roster. The only the only three right shot defensemen we currently have signed to contracts are Taylor Fadoon, Joe Sacconi, and, da- and Dawson Barto. The last two of which will likely never see the NHL. So they they need some serious help on the right side, um, just as organizational depth. Um, and then honestly, I would love to see a, a my, my my third team need for them would be a top six just goal scoring right winger. Get somebody get somebody to replace Radulov when his contract's up. Get somebody on the right side of that offense. Um, and the first that might I I've got a guy going in the in the probably the top you know seven or eight that very well could follow Dallas, and that's Mason McTavish. Um, center out of I believe it's Peterborough in the OHL. Um, they didn't obviously didn't play this year. He spent uh, he spent his season over in uh, over in the Swiss League. But the dude is if you're looking for anybody that's close to Ryan O'Reilly uh, up in St. Louis, it's Mason McTavish. The dude can play a 200 foot game better than just about anybody in this draft right now. Um, he scores. He's physical. Can play can play defense on the back end. I mean, he is the. He is the the he's the penultimate top six center and or he's the uh, he's he's the prime top six uh, top six center a two way center in this draft. Um, if anybody's like I said got the potential for you know Ryan O'Reilly or um, Sean Couturier up in Philly, those are the first two that come to mind. I, I think it's McTavish. And if he's on the board at fourteen, if I'm nil, I, I I skip to the podium singing and dancing because there's no way he should be there at that point in time. Um, Outside of that, you know, you've got Corson Suleiman's uh, right shot defenseman. Uh, he's the only. He's the one I've seen a lot right. of of people say that the Stars are gonna, probably going to end up getting. And I honestly, I'd be okay with that. Um, I like I said, I take McTavish over him, but if, if we ended up going with Suleiman's, I think that's fine. Um, he is playing on the same team in the same league as Kale McCarr uh, when he was when he was in juniors, and he's drawing some comparisons to McCarr just off his play style. And I wouldn't say that he is the next Kale McCarr. I think that's a bit too lofty, but, um, he's very, I would, I would, I would put him closer to the right-handed version of Thomas Harley, um, essentially. Uh, and he's the only, he is the only right D that I would take at 14, unless Brant Clark by some miracle falls to us, which he won't, he's going to be gone in the top four. Um, I don't, I don't even see another right shot defenseman going in the first round after Suleiman. So if he's gone, I, I don't even bother with that position until till the later rounds. Um, but and then honestly, the the guy I've got right below McTavish is going to be right winger uh, Chaz Lucius. He's playing. He's currently playing center for t- uh, Team USA. Um, they're at their development program, but he's probably going to switch over to wing um, if I had to guess by the time he gets to the NHL. And I mean, the guy is the nastiest net front presence you'll find in this draft. The, his his hands in tight and the way he can maneuver the puck, it's it's second to none. Um, I, I would I would kill to have that kind of that that, that kind of that kind of uh, th- those hands and then just that offensive talent on my roster. Um, so those are the those are the those are the three prime pieces that I would be targeting at 14. Um, and then there are a handful of other pieces as well. If those three are off the board, that I would uh, that I would consider at that point. Okay, so it, let's just say that all three of those guys are off the board at that point, uh, which it probably won't happen i would i would i when i look at the draft and i, I compare with those three guys you know I, I don't see all three of them being take taken before pick number 14 but if that does happen who who do the stars go after at that point so and i agree with you i don't think all three are gone um i think that mctavish and lucius are probably both gone but i think that uh Suleiman's will still be on the board 
but after those three, uh, I've got guys like Cole Sillinger, uh, Nikita Chibrikov, and uh, I've even got Atu Rathi up here. Uh, Rathi was... He was, I mean, for the longest time, he was the he was the number one overall pick in this draft. He was the guy that everybody thought was going to go number one. There was really not going to be any conversation about it. Um, he was the guy that they were scouting him two years back, and you know, there's 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 he is he was this year's you know Nolan Patrick, Ross Mustalian. I mean, he was he was the surefire thing. And then over the last year and a half, he has his draft stock has just plummeted. He's had. He's had some some pretty bad seasons over in Finland. Um, he wasn't invited to their World Juniors team. Uh, a lot of it is, Ooh, I, I think, bad. a lot of it is, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was tough. It, it wasn't a good look, which is why I actually have him lower on my board than than I think a lot of people do. But um, I just, I, a lot of it, I think, is motivation. I think that he's kind of you know going through the motions over there in Finland. So I think that if if a team's able to draft him and he's they're able to kind of coax that he, they're able to you know instill that motivation in him. I think you could see that guy that was projected to go number one overall at some point. Um, he's probably the highest risk, high re- highest reward player I've got on my list, just because, like I said, he he has the potential to you know pull a Scott Glennie and just you know never really see any NHL time whatsoever. Or, like I said, he could you know somehow find a find that spark that pushes him to be you know uh, a, a top line center in, in the NHL. So, but outside of that, Cole Sillinger. Uh, probably the best shot in this draft class. I mean, the dude, all, all, all the dude does is snipe. If you think Garyanov has, has a great shot, I would put Sillinger's up there pretty close to his. I mean, the guy can snipe it from anywhere in, uh, from anywhere in the offensive zone. Uh, wrist shot, slap shot, uh, uh, snap shot, and, and anything you're looking for, he's got it in his arsenal, and he does it well. The biggest drawback on him is going to be the same thing that kind of killed Robertson's draft stock. It's, it's, it's just skating. It's, it's improved this year, but it, it's... He's got another two, three years of development just on his skating alone before he's ready for professional hockey. Um, and that's why I've, I've dropped him on my list a little bit. Uh, if if he is, like I said, if the other three are gone, I wouldn't mind him at 14, but there are just too many question marks surrounding his skating. Thankfully, Robertson was able to pull it off and, and make an impact at the NHL level. But, you know, there, there, are, there are plenty of instances where a guy can have, you know, insane offensive talents but never actually make the NHL just simply because he can't keep up. And that's uh, and it's, like I said, it's, it's just gonna be a risk risk versus reward kind of thing. Um, and uh, last guy I'll touch on is, is Nikita Chibrikov, and he is probably the best. I, I would probably ha- I would have him as the best Russian in the draft currently. Um, and he's gonna be more of the playmaking style. He is going to be rope hints without the scoring touch. Um, and he can score, but his his primary play style is setting up his teammates and getting into high, getting into high danger high danger uh, areas on the ice. Um, his skating is, is he's a, he's a very solid skater, um, plays well at both ends of the ice, strong defensively. Uh, and he plays and he's, he's going to be on the right side as well. So he's going to, he would, he would fit that right wing knee that Dallas is looking for as well. So at the end of the day, it really kind of depends on what nil thinks our biggest, our biggest need is. Um, typically I'm a fan of going best player available, um, with your first overall pick. So I think that any of the first three that I mentioned, if, if any of those three are on the board, it's just, it's, you know, who, who does nil thinks the best? Um, and if they're gone, you know, just follow suit. If Nil takes a goalie or a, a left shot defenseman, though, I'm probably gonna, you know, start punching a wall or something like that. Because <laughs> so, I mean, we, we don't need a goalie. We have so many left shot defensemen in our organization right now. Like, I just I, I want to fill some of the uh, I want to fill some of the some of the holes that 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 we need to fill. Um, but like I said, I'm I'm setting myself up to be disappointed because it usually happens during draft time for me. <laughs> I'm bitter about Debrinkat. I'm still bitter about Arthur Kalia from a couple years ago. But, you know, I'll get over it at some point. Maybe. 
you know, I, I really didn't know about Kaliev until uh, the the World Juniors uh, up in was it Edmonton? Yeah, I think that is where they had it. That hurt and, to watch. Uh, yeah, just watching him play with uh, Zagras, oh. I was just like, oh man. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Was, one it, was, it was hard to watch. The NHL is uh, Trevor Zegras. Oh my gosh, the kid's so good. Yep, he is very good. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm happy they're Americans and everything, but I'm not looking forward to when. Uh, when the stars have to start heading back out to the west coast again next season. No. And uh you know Drysdale too. Drysdale looks like he's going to make the NHL as well. And, so Anaheim and uh, LA both the Kings have some some solid young players as well. So I think that they're going to be they're going to be annoying out in the Pacific for 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 a bit here in the next couple of years. So Well, I think that's it. Anything else, guys? Anything else you all want to talk about? Chris, you got something? I got nothing. I don't. I, I, I don't do enough research on this kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. I'll let y'all do that. Y'all tell me who's good. Every, well, and, and, everybody except for a goalie and a left shot defenseman. Everybody yeah, except go. for a goalie and a left. Defenseman. We draft one of those. I'm driving to Dallas. I'm gonna have a chat with Nil myself. That's just we we can't have that happen. Well, and you know don't. I'm not. I'm not sure if this is right or not, but Cole Sillinger, I believe, is the son of Mike Sillinger. He is. is that correct? Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. NHL pedigree. And. Uh, Mike played for uh, Columbus, right, in their early years? Early years, correct. Yeah, very early years. Like, I think he – I'm not sh- – I don't want to say he was one of the expansion players, but I think he was in the early 2000s. He played for Columbus. So, you know, kind of cool. There's some – Actually, uh, no, he didn't play for Columbus. Wow. I'm looking at Oh, right I now. thought he did. He played for Detroit. He played for Vancouver, Philly, and Tampa. And Florida. He played for Florida for a year as well. Oh, well – Oh wait, that's oh. what I get for just assuming. No, you're right. I expanded the list. He also played for Columbus. Oh one to oh three. Yep. Yep. All right. So. Okay, so I'm I'm not as crazy. I thought my mind was was uh. <laughs> I was about was to say no. I was I was almost positive he played for Columbus. And I'm like looking at I'm, I I got his uh, sheet pulled up right now, and it cuts off at 2000 2001. I'm like that doesn't that's not right, and I didn't even see that it expanded onto the next page. I'm like okay, that makes sense. So. Well, Josh, thanks, man. Uh, you gave us a lot more information than we could have ever looked up. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you thank you again for joining us. Hope you had fun, and uh, we definitely did. Hey, no, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Um, always down always down to hop on a podcast and talk some hockey. Next time we'll get Sam on so that I can uh, make fun of his hide a little bit. Yeah, get the Hobbit on here. <laughs> get the Hobbit on so. here. We he get, we can talk uh, some some short players, some uh, Martin St. Louis and Cole Caulfield like guys. Alex Debrinkat, I'm still yeah, I'm still Alex Debrinkat, you know whatever, it's all right. <laughs> so all right, all right. Thanks again, Josh, for joining us. Uh, thank you, audience, for tuning in. Hopefully that was uh, a good update for y'all and who we should expect the stars should take in uh, this upcoming draft. Um, uh, thank you guys for tuning in and listening along with Christian and Josh. I'm Ryan. Um, we will catch you guys again on the flip side. Make sure that you guys follow us on all the Twitter grams and snapbooks and all that other stuff. So, uh, Chris, you want the last word? Word. Or you want to start singing? Na 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 Again? <laughs> no. You're punk. <laughs> Hit it with that Aggie fight right. song. Yeah. Da, da, da. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to end this now before it gets anywhere. <laughs> Good night, guys. Thank you again. <laughs>